we like to think about it as something that's very collectible that you would, you know, have like a little library of them. You know, the last time that we collected video was what DVDs 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. right. That's the last time we had a collection of video, right? VHS tapes before that. And so we like to think about it in that way. You know, you do see a lot of different NFT displays like getting announced, not that many that have launched, but like, you know, certainly a bunch will launch and they've got a ton of fun functionality, right? They've got an app and they connect to Wi-Fi and you're going to have to update the firmware. And then you're going to like essentially treat it like a slideshow on, you yeah. know, an Apple TV screen, screen uh, saver, right? It's your television, right. basically. Essentially a television that has less functionality than television, right? Like, <laughs> That's going to cost not, just not, as much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It costs just a, exactly. I think um, there's not to like talk shit on those things, but like that is one product category, I think, that is not necessarily about the art and about thinking about the art as a piece, yeah. just yeah. as a way to display it. Right. Right. And I think our product very much because it is a physical object that is always dedicated to that single singular piece. It's a, just a completely different product category. The boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs, and that's nifty. That's nifty. All the great artists they come to this place. To talk about the crypto space and that's nifty. That's nifty. That's nifty. Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty. What's up, guys? Hey, Joe. How's it going? Hey, man. Hey, Tyler. Great to meet you. You as well. This Amazing. is Larry. How are you, Larry? Good. Good. Nice to meet you, Joe. Thanks for taking some time. Yeah, no, my pleasure. My pleasure. I think this is uh, this is a cool one for us. I think you're the first uh, founder of anything that. Uh, oh, really? Talking so groundbreaking. We'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, I'm happy to happy to chat. I was so excited when uh, when they mentioned you guys. When uh, who reached out to you? Was it Daily? Did they reach out to you? I think so. Yeah. Ali or uh, it could have been Haley. Uh, Haley. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad we're, we're chatting. How, uh, how have things been? You didn't make it to NFT NYC? No, I couldn't. <laughs> no, it was during regular work hours for us lamos. Yeah. Just us. <laughs> Actually, no, we, we, we saw the COVID problems that were going to come from it. So we're, we predetermined that we're not going to go. <laughs> No, we really we just couldn't get there. We would have loved to be there. But um, Art Basel, though, will be there. Oh, you will. You'll be in Miami. Yep. Okay, cool. I uh, I don't think I'm gonna make it to Miami. It's been too much. I uh, I to be honest, I well, I got COVID at NFT NYC. Um, that was terrible. It happened to a lot of people. A lot, a lot. When you look at Twitter. Look for NFT NYC COVID. A lot of people like like Ryan. Uh, thank you, X. He got COVID. Ness Graphic. Alex Ness got COVID. Our uh, boy RD. I know. Roger just, Dickerman. It just seemed like. Oh, Roger Dickerman also really. Oh yeah. man. 
Yeah, it was real. And I, uh, I talked to someone at super rare and they were like half of their team got COVID. <laughs> See? Yeah. I didn't mean to make it hit so close to home for you, but yeah, we were <laughs> proactively avoiding. We did miss out on that, but it looked like a lot of fun. Otherwise. It was a lot of fun. It really, yeah. really was. Yes. It was, a, it was a ton of fun. I felt like it had to be the first time that there was anything like that in the NFT space in terms of in-person meetup kind of, you know, at that scale, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. It seemed like there was a, uh, you know, whatever hesitations you had from any COVID pre stuff is just like out the window at that point, you got to be so excited to just actually be around people again. Yeah, I think honestly, that's so much of it is that there was just so much, so many people itching to go outside and like see people and interact. Yeah. I think that that just made it so much bigger <laughs> and like because yeah. every night there was like four events yeah at least it was really it was overwhelming um but uh but definitely a lot of fun definitely met a lot of people who uh yeah you know you only see them by their handle and <laughs> you're like holy shit I, <laughs> I know that's like one thing i get like anxiety about i'm like all right am i going to introduce myself as larry or tommy noble i don't know yet uh <laughs> Because they don't know Larry. We need name tags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Were you? you yeah, go ahead. Complex Con? Yeah. Is that where you were going? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so you went there right after, huh? Right after. And so I was quarantining in LA. I just got back to New York last night. Oh. Uh, I was in LA uh, for, hang on, let me, um, yeah. let me kill uh, Slack so we don't have these coming in. Constantly. Giving me like work flashbacks <laughs> to earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> It's nonstop. It is really nonstop. Yeah, uh, right. So right at, after the last night of NFT NYC, I flew to LA. Complex Con was that weekend. And I was feeling fine until Sunday night. And then Sunday night uh, or Sunday afternoon, I was like, hmm. And then that day, two team members also were suspicious because they actually lost their taste on Saturday. Oh. So they went and got tested on Sunday morning and, uh, and then seven total team members here. Oh, gosh. Wow. Tested positive within like three days of that. How so, many total employees do you have? Uh, we are 20 people now. Wow. 20 people. Yeah. It's nice. a lot. It's so big. So take us back to the beginning then 2018, you founded the company. Uh, that right. Yeah. So where, where was the idea born? What was the, um, kind of thinking in, uh, you know, from your side, like, this is something I want to pursue and, and this is the idea and this is how I'm going to execute. How did that come about? Yeah. Um, so I've been, you know, doing hardware and software development and bringing up products for, you know, 10 or 12 years now. And at that time, it was back in 2016, 2017, I was working at a small R&D studio in, um, in the East Village here in New York. And one of our big partners that we were doing lots of projects with was Giphy, the GIF search engine that's now yep. Facebook. And, um, and Giphy at that point had like tons of funding and they were growing crazy fast and uh, had a bunch of budget to do a lot of different experiments. And primarily we were doing AR and VR and mobile app and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, weird experiments that were all around how we consume and experience moving images, right? That was the basis of all of it. And then I started pitching because I, I have a hardware background as well and a lot of, uh, you know, electrical engineering and, you know, board design and, and 
interactive product development. And I started pitching um, the CEO there. His name is Alex Chung on some of these hardware ideas. And he actually was a hardware guy in a previous life before Giphy and was like, yes, let's build some of these weird stuff. And we made a camera and we made a bunch of different display kind of, you know, some of them were interactive, some of them were not. But this idea of removing all functionality in terms of connectivity, in terms of uh, interactivity, in terms of um, you know, user experience, removing all of it from the display and even locking the display was one of those experiments, right? Obviously a very simple thing to say like, no, you can never change it. It's only that image, right? Or only that video. Uh, immediately inspired a bunch of weird ideas because first of all, we've been trained to kind of expect X, Y, and Z functionality from any display in our lives, right? Like mm -hmm. you look at a TV or a monitor and if it doesn't have Apple TV or it doesn't connect to Bluetooth, we're almost disappointed. And so flipping those expectations 180 degrees, but also thinking about what those kind of opportunities, kind of what, what opportunities it creates for artists, for content creators, for IP holders of any kind in terms of how we distribute digital content. And saying now the fact that it's locked, the fact that it is not about a gadget, it's actually about the content that is on it, immediately elevates the content and, and gives the content a physical body, um, but creates monetization and revenue opportunities for those creators, artists, and, and IP holders. And then on the, the consumer side, the collector side, the idea of actually buying a video and owning a video changes totally when the video is now married to a physical object. Uh, and so that was enough to kind of say, okay, this is worth exploring because it's so simple. It's so weird and almost, you know, radical and kind of like the way that you think about display technology, but, um, but very simple. And so uh, that was, yeah, in 2018, officially founded the company and spent a year really just iterating on the user experience, on the design of the object. Um, thinking about what should that, um, you know, what should it look and feel like above anything else? Because I think the distinguishing this product from every other display that is in our lives, because the reality is we've got displays in our pockets, we've got displays on our desks, we've got displays on our walls. And so making it feel like none of those was critical to the very beginning of, of really proving out, could this even live and exist as a, as a concept and, and grow? into something meaningful. Um, so that's that was the beginning, that was in 2018. And uh, spending that first year, um, you know, iterating on the design itself, I've got a few examples laying around here. Uh, I'll pull up in a minute. Yeah, I can Look at this see one. That's awesome. That looks <laughs> so great. Uh, this is from Too Much Lag. This is the Queen of Darkness. So love this one. Love it. Yeah, uh, and that's our smallest skew now. We have, uh, we have two larger ones, so I'll, I'll show you in a moment. But um, yeah, that, that the next year was really when it was like, okay, here's a business strategy, here's a business plan, here's the artists and kind of uh, creators that we think would really benefit from this. And, uh, and you know, did the whole venture capital thing and raised money and, and then started really launched at the end of 2019. Yeah, and that launch was only about art. You know, we commissioned about 12 or, or 13 artists worked with Rhizome. They're part of the new museum over here. They're a mm -hmm. new media uh, nonprofit over here and, and curated, uh, yeah, a selection of artists, commissioned them to make works um, as video prints and thinking about 
what does it mean to create scarcity uh, for digital content in this physical way? What does it mean to like actually insert provenance into the object? I'll show you an example right now. Um, this is an artist, uh, Frank Guzon. He's a 3D artist. I think you've seen this is like all over the internet. Oh um, yeah. And uh, and you know creating the backside into a certificate of authenticity. Mm. Thinking that's because awesome. this will only ever show one piece of content forever, the backside doesn't need to have buttons or switches because there are no buttons or switches. And and you know in this case he's signed it, it's like numbered, etc. Um, and when it comes to NFTs, this is an opportunity for metadata or a QR code or thinking about it, you know, as um, again a certificate of, of, of provenance. And and that's really important when it comes to. Um, to what we bring to digital content, but also what NFTs bring to, to that uh, as well. I, yeah, I love at its core that it's still like a, uh, you know, a way for artists to get their work out there. And it's still kind of at its core, something that is artistically driven with, you know, them really behind it. Um, what was the, at what point was the NFT scope in the picture? How did yeah. that kind of develop? Because like, infinite objects are the only things like you're like, Oh, who's going to put that on their wall? Like, what's going to go like, like, how do you display your NFT? It's like, well, uh, I don't know. They'll figure it out someday, but infinite objects has been around and you were there pre conception or pre boom. What was the uh, NFT kind of transition like for you guys? Yeah, totally. So, you know, I have been dabbling in crypto since maybe 2017. I uh, bought like a crypto kitty in 2018 and you know very much uh when i when we launched in 2019 saw you know nifty gateway and saw super rare both of them had had been live and um you know reached out to them even and, and said like hey like you know we are kind of doing what blockchain and nfts are doing um but in a physical way right yeah. we are additioning it we're making it scarce we're making it provably ownable um you know obviously and and you know, they didn't have a ton of traction. We were brand new. So nothing happened, you know, right after launch, but we were reaching out to creators and artists that entire time and saying, hey, here's a new way to connect with your audience and to generate revenue with content that you're posting on social every day. You're getting sometimes hundreds of thousands of likes daily on your motion graphics, on your 3D art, on your, you know, still photography, whatever it is. It's so, um, this is just an opportunity for you to, to, to share that content. And um, so onboarding artists was pretty easy at first because it was so new and weird. And especially the artists who were like totally into it. And I think um, one of those artists was Beeple and started reaching out to him at the beginning of 2020, sent him a few units so that he could play with it. Cause I had been following him for a while mm -hmm. and uh, and then didn't hear from him. I mean, there was a pandemic, you know, whatever, the world shut down for a while. But by the fall, he reached out and he was like, hey, um, how many of these can I get? <laughs> yeah. yeah, enough to fit on your private, enough to not fit on your private jet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, at that time, he didn't have a private jet, right? He was successful. He was successful. He had, you know, more than a million followers on Instagram. So, like, oh, yeah. he was, you know, he, he had a huge footprint, uh, but he definitely had a day job. <clears throat> You know, he definitely was still working on on lots of different things. And so, so yeah, Mike was like, um, uh, I don't know anything about what NFTs are, but I just did a drop last month. He, this was in like October. Yeah, I think yep. he did his first one in October. And he was like, uh, I'm going to do another one. 
And uh, he was like, I don't think that any of my like fans on, you know, any of my followers or, or, you know, my audience really understands what NFTs are or what they mean, but I know that they understand limited edition merchandise um, because everyone understands that. And he was like, let's do uh, for my next drop, offer a physical infinite objects with it. And we're like, great. Yes, this is a vision that like we definitely have thought about. You know, NFTs are now starting to pick up a tiny bit, um, but then it exploded. You know, that yeah. was his second drop, I think, on Nifty Gateway uh, in November or December. And uh, and I think he did like $4 million in a weekend or something. It made a bunch of news. And then I think we've done maybe like four drops with him since then. And I mean, we've worked with so many different artists now in the NFT space, so many different projects as well. It's so awesome. Um, I'll tell you more about some of those upcoming things, but like, uh, yeah, that was when it was obvious that Web3, that NFTs are uh, something that we need to be investing in as a company and, and thinking about how do we operate inside of that space meaningfully and in interesting ways. And um, yeah, there's so much to come. It's really exciting. The the point about having limited merchandise, it's it's the perfect bridge for people that can't quite grasp the concept of NFTs. It's a great way to bring a physical piece into their world that is, you know, linked back to the digital NFT. A hundred percent. I mean, I think right now, one of the biggest struggles is educating people about what it means to own an NFT and why it's exciting to own an NFT. And I think our product just makes it very understandable. It's, it's so, it's something that you can hold, you know, Obviously, we are moving to an all digital society. I think that metaverses will eventually explode. It's going to take some time. And, you know, until then, we're definitely human and we appreciate, um, you know, holding things. We appreciate showing things off. We appreciate um, design objects, you know, and we very much think about our product as a design object. It's something that's beautiful and, uh, you know, celebrating a piece of content that you just invested in is um, so exciting when it's something beautiful that you can place in your space. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's really important, I think, especially as this just is taking off, you know, it's still the beginning. 100%. Uh, it's like, it's an un, almost like, it's like a feeling it's hard to describe, like buying an NFT is like, uh, for people that don't, that don't do it, it's like, well, I get very excited if I get one. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, a big rush. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that, it's that rush. It's that, you know. Dopamine hit. I, yeah, hundred percent. And like I remember when um when we bought this piece from Lag off a of super rare, he's like, oh, it comes with something special. I'm like, okay, nice. And maybe it'll come with like a print or something like that. And then totally, you know, address here was here just coming in, and you got an, an infinite object in the mail. I'm like, this is fucking cool. This is like, I like to a company like a one of one, especially. It's like you're yeah, the only it, one with that <laughs> there's some yeah there's some validation to be able to sit to like tell those people that you're trying to educate like okay like this is the a physical aspect of it but it's just one component but it's it, it what you guys do serve is almost as a bridge for that education because it's kind of like you know you, people need something tangible to see something to understand and and you guys get bring that to the people and and it's it's huge I, i'll never forget actually the um the people drop with the infinite objects with all of them. I was in the, in the space at the time and I was like, all right, how can I make some money? Bought a people flipped it. 
And then I realized, oh shit, that came with an infant. Uh, Should have probably held that one. Well, he made him look so good for the screen too, right? With like the little token that flips around. It's like holographic and it has like the barcode and stuff on it. Like it looks like a digital collectible. And I think he nailed that for, you know, having it on the screen. Yeah, I mean, and he he took it to another level. You know, he he's such an artist, you know, he's and he cares so much about how people experience his work. Um, yeah, so you know, he customized that like crazy. He did he did a ton of custom stuff, you know, with the specifically around his packaging and stuff. And it's so it's great to see, you know, that that kind of investment into someone's work makes a ton of sense when it's like that valuable. Like, you know, you have to be at a very specific level to be like, have the resources to like put into such a thing. But, um, but yeah, it is uh, an exciting time. And I think it's such a bummer to like, you know, win an auction on super rare and then have to open Safari on your phone to kill your buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, let me just log into my Fortmatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's such a bummer, you know? And so I think uh, making them something that you can show off, right? Something that you can be proud of that's, you know, outside of the browser, I think is uh, important, important. So on that note, if I had like six of these, right? Maybe the same size or larger. I imagine like these holes in the wall that would just be a docking station. I could push the whole unit into like a placement on a wall where you'd like buy six of them and you could have slots for them and just rotate them out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we like to think about it as something that's very collectible that you would, you know, have like a little library of it. You know, the last time that we collected video was what DVDs 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the last time we had a collection of video, right? VHS tapes before that. And so we like to think about it in that way. You know, you do see a lot of different NFT displays like getting announced, not that many that have launched, but like you know, certainly a bunch will launch and they've got a ton of fun- functionality, right? They've got an app and they connect to Wi-Fi and you're going to have to update the firmware. And then you're going to like essentially treat it like a slideshow on, you yeah. know, an Apple TV screen, screen uh, saver, right? It's your television, right. basically. Essentially a television that has less functionality than television, right? Like, <laughs> That's going to cost and, and just not, as not, much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It costs just a, exactly. I think um, there's not to like talk shit on those things, but like that is one product category, I think, that is not necessarily about the art and about thinking about the art as a piece, yeah. just yeah. as a way to display it. Right. Right. And I think our product very much because it is a physical object that is always dedicated to that single singular piece it's a, just a completely different product category, right? And so um, there's room in the world for both, right? I think there's needs for both. And, and, um, and uh, you know, it, it depends on the collector and it depends on the piece. And it, there's so many different ways to think about it, but uh, yeah, it's unique for sure. Yeah. Like what you're describing where, yeah, I'm swapping it out, like a record collection, right? Like right. really like an art collection is, is totally, totally different. That's that's so true. I never thought about the display being so disconnected from the actual artwork because this is like it's a single unit like, you know, it can't be swapped out. It's like it's in there and that's the only thing it's going to display. But a display could be used for thousands of other things that aren't dedicated to the art. Totally. Totally. So what's um what's your guys outlook? Because it seems like, you know, when it comes to working with artists, you, you're open to, you know, collaboration and taking ideas. Um, has that been kind of the mindset from the beginning? Just like, you know, if an artist comes to you with a concept or, or, or just something that they might want to implement, have you guys pretty much always been open to 
all right, let's give that a shot and let's see what type of innovation we can come up with. Totally. I think, you know, one of the things I used to always say, I still say, like all new ideas come from art. I fully believe that. I think that, you know, when it comes to experimentation and it comes to innovation, like art is at the core of all of it. And I mean, literally in our case, obviously, working with artists and and thinking about our product as something that is like clay that can be molded and you know really like you know this one has a custom a weird custom front layer obviously so it's turning on right here but like you know obviously what you've got is a standard thing and and that unit uh lag ordered on his own i'm pretty sure that yeah. you know, he just did it on his own he just, i don't even know that he reached out to us he was just like yeah <laughs> Yeah. And uh, for us, the way that we want to think about the way, you know, how we participate in the, the NFT community, we want to keep the same kind of values that NFTs are bringing, which is artists are in control of how their work is distributed. Artists make money on when someone collects their work on a primary and secondary sales, right? Like yep. this kind of, these kinds of um, values we want to be maintaining. And so we made a decision very early in the year that we would not print NFTs unless we either knew that it was the creator who was ordering it or that the creator has uh, given permission to their collector to print it. Right. Because the reality is we started getting like I'm not joking, hundreds of orders in the springtime, early in the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of people just uploading, you know, anyone's piece, like a thank you X piece or like a, um, you know, Greg Mike piece. Like just so, like people would just download the video, right click yep. save us, and <laughs> upload it to our user generated content tool, which is designed for you know literally videos from your phone of your family, because that's another uh, you know audience for us is people printing TikToks, right? Right. Uh, we do have a lot of that business and, and it's exciting because video is how we celebrate our lives and how we record things and how we tell stories. Um, and so we wanna be serving all of that. But uh, when it comes to NFTs, we wanna have maintain a kind of, um, you know, higher level of respect for the content itself. And so we canceled all the orders and wow. we still cancel orders today. And that's because I don't want to be profiting off of someone else's work without any kind of provable authentication, any provable ownership of who is placing the order. And so, you know, we do make the creators reach out to say, oh, that's me doing that. That's, or that's, you know, my collector for sure doing that. And so Web3 gives us the opportunity to automate those processes. So we launched a artist registry smart contract about two months ago. This is a smart contract that lets a creator say, I am granting permission to my collectors, anyone that owns an NFT that I minted uh, with this wallet. So you have to sign the smart contract with the wallet that you use to mint the NFTs yep. and, uh, and then set a price point and say, my video prints should cost X amount of money. And depending on the price tier that they select when they're filling out the contract, um, they earn a royalty on every print of their work. That's awesome. Smart. That's awesome. That that's that's the type of stuff that keeps that'll keep you guys as like a mainstay in in you say industry, but it's more of a community because it's a community. Absolutely, it it, it really is. It's 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 that attention to you know. Oh, I have all these orders to where you know. I'm sure you guys would have cashed out a pretty penny if you just executed on the orders, but what's behind it is mo- is what's most vital and and that's the you know 
ownership in where the origin of the artwork comes from. That's huge. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, it was really important. It was definitely a decision that we made very early in the year um, because, yeah, like we were just getting so many of them. And it's like, well, you can't just, you know, this content you have to buy, you know, like you, you have to participate in this economy and in this kind of the community has created, uh, you know, all, you know, between super rare and foundation and OpenSea, like you're participating in something. And by just letting people just upload a video and us just selling them that video, it just never felt right. And so, yeah, we launched that smart contract. We've got maybe several hundred artists now have signed it, um, which is awesome. And uh, and we'll be launching the collector side in about a month or so. So it's been oh. a, it's been a bit of a journey. But the collector side, yeah, they'll authenticate with their MetaMask wallet. They'll see what nfts they own and if their artist has registered then they'll be able to print authenticated print video print of that of that wow in about a month that's super cool yeah that's awesome we're gonna have to hit up mike and uh oh yeah, he, yeah. He, yeah slime he just animated his first piece so i think we might have to get him registered and maybe oh, uh <laughs> get that oh Satina man stand yeah. We'll get it to Naval for, for a birthday. Uh, you Christmas gift. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so on that note, like with, with like the innovation and, and what you guys are doing and where you're going, what's um, what do you got cooking in terms of, um, you know, n- new displays, new features, anything that you want to dive into that's yeah. coming out? Yeah. So, I mean, one thing I'll show you is a brand new skew. So that, that the one that you have is a five inch display inside of like a seven inch you know diagonal object the one that i was holding up here a second ago was a seven inch display and this one is their new 10 inch oh look at that bad boy so it's kind of like the one that you've got is kind of like a framed baseball card the seven inch like a framed postcard and this one's kind of like a framed magazine yep um and uh yeah it's really this is an artist uh named ori Ooh, what is Ori's last name? I forgot. It's uh, part of Untitled Gallery. I think this will be at Basel. In, nice. In, uh, Untitled Gallery has a, a exhibition there. Yeah, it's it's really big. It's so it's much thicker. This one has like some other. This is not even the artist piece. This is some other custom stuff for retesting. These are all prototypes here. But uh, but yeah, that we actually launched uh, recently. And when we do all of our NFTs, they'll be available on that large size. Um, which is awesome because it is, it's so significant. It's like real heavy in your hands. And uh, at NFT NYC, we actually, uh, we showcased some 26 inch, really big displays. Wow. One by one aspect ratio, which is really cool. One-to-one aspect ratio is really difficult, super expensive, but we'll be doing some limited edition collaborations on that with a couple of specific artists. Um, It'll be very, very small runs of that. This, this we've got lots of, manufactured and, and ready to go um, any thoughts on making a smaller one-to-one ratio yeah smaller one-to-one is very difficult like really yeah it is not uh commonly available it is not a you know i think unless you're talking about apple watch size there's a lot of apple watch size but that's real tiny right to do a five inch or a seven inch square is actually like We've been trying. But what what is the uh, limiting factor there? Like what, what problems do you run into? Yeah, I mean, so it's not a technology problem as much as it is a supply chain problem. So you really? hear about all the supply chain issues that have been happening. Yep. Huh. Um, you know, we are working with manufacturers that are, you know, making 
literally millions of displays a year. And so those, uh, you know, when you want something that is non-standard, they have to go through an entire tooling process that is extremely expensive and, and, you know, requires a ton of capital. So, you know, one day we'll be able to do everything fully custom, but right now we have to work with manufacturers who are already manufacturing displays. And so they have their, their catalogs, you know, and their catalogs just do not include that size, that five inch or seven inch size, or even the 10 inch size, you know, one-to-one. It's rare to even find them at a big format, but they do exist at the big format, like 26 inch diagonal in square. So it makes me think of an example in school back in undergrad. They were talking about like, <clears throat> I guess it was packaging science where they wouldn't change the, the bottle shape like for a long time because then they would have to switch out the entire blanks and all that stuff. And yeah, I equate it to that where it's like it's a big upfront cost to make them change like their whole process to build those in a limited fashion, too. Exactly correct. Exactly like that. That's exactly the situation. But, you know, uh, we are moving in that direction. So because so many, um, you know, artists prefer that, you know, aspect ratio. It's the Instagram effect, right? Instagram definitely had a big uh, effect on it, for sure. For sure. Instagram was a a part of that reason. I'm sure that's true. What's Um, the longest one you guys have had to make? I know you guys can fit 24 hours on there, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's two gigabytes of video data and that can be compressed in a lot of different ways and, you know, optimized in a lot of different ways. So um, yeah, no, we, I think recently there was an 18 hour piece last week. Someone had an 18 hour, um, you know, very slow moving, like really subtle, but just evolved over 18 hours. I think long form video is not nearly uh, enough taken advantage of or, or, you know, thought about because we're so used to like, everything's short form, you know, right. it's like flipping through your TikTok, a, gif, a loop, you know, yeah, or it's a GIF, right? And and I think uh, long form video has not been explored nearly enough. But yeah, we've, we've definitely done like 18 hours. I mean, we've done tests, obviously, over 24 hours, uh, yeah. but not, not art. Um, we need some more art, some more long form. We just talked to Kidmograph, actually, and he did oh. a piece that changes over time, right? But not 24 hours, obviously, but he said he wanted to do that in the future. But he said you guys did that with him, right? Meditation. Yeah, I think Island. we did something with Kimograph, or maybe it's still maybe it didn't get released yet. I don't know. No, it, it dropped on. It's it sold on Super Rare. Yeah, Meditation oh, right, Island. Right. It was part of that right last week. Yep. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't even remember. Uh, I don't think I saw it. Oh my god, there's so many things happening. <laughs> but I was excited when they because Super Rare was like, here's the they they curated that that selection, yep. um, which was awesome. Uh, and something Rare. was different about that object, though, right? Yeah, he he definitely, I think all of them did some modifications. They all did some, that, that front layer that I'm describing, there's a lot of opportunity to create really non-custom shapes, um, right? In this case, it's, it's still a rectangle, but here you can imagine, we do a lot of different uh, experiments around creating active and non-active areas. Also translucent and, you know, semi-opaque material in there. I bet Thank UX nails that. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, Ryan's awesome. He does. He he loves combining physical and digital. So, um, I love seeing those paintings with the infinite object like embedded in it. It's like insane. Yeah, he's awesome. He's great. Love Ryan. Um, and then yeah, I mean, in the NFT space in the Web three space, it, something really exciting is that in about less than two weeks from now, 
we will launch our, I don't know how excited this will be for you guys or your audience, but NBA Top Shot. Okay. Where uh, you'll be able to log in with your Dapper wallet on our website. You'll see all the moments that you own and be able to print an authenticated NBA Top Shot moment. And it's really exciting for a number of reasons, but one of them is that I uh, worked out an agreement with the league and wow. with the Players Association so that they're, they're, I'm paying them a licensing fee, just like we pay an artist. And, uh, and this is officially licensed NBA gear. It's like real, wow. merch, like actual licensed merch. That's huge, so, dude. No, that's, that's huge. I don't think even, you know, you cross over, you know, art to, to Top Shot. It's, it's like, it's the, the NFT it's, it's the connection. It's the same thing at its core. And, and anytime you can authenticate, especially with a league like that, that is no small feat. That's huge. That is, that's going to be a huge announcement, man. Congrats. That's awesome. Very excited. That community is, you know, just as excited about content as collectors of art, you know, yep. like they're fans. They love what Top Shot is bringing to this idea of like owning a piece of history, right? You're, you're, you're buying into the community you, because you love what it is. And I think that it's, it's, you know, it's just a, obviously just a different audience. And I think what's exciting about NFTs and the future of NFTs is that that will apply to everything that we care about, right? Some people it's like fashion, some people it's film and TV, some people it's new media art. But like some people, it's going to be like really silly shit, you know, and, and yeah. obviously we are going to come from a place where some of it's laughable and like silly, but like they have audiences and they have communities and, and they have people who are like, I love this. I care about this. And then whoever the content creator is, you know, hopefully they give a shit also. And so uh, as long as everyone is thoughtful about what they're putting out there, it doesn't have to, you know, all be shit. Certainly a lot of it will be shit, though. <laughs> I'm real. sure you guys must be approaching all sorts of influencers and I don't know, different people who do have a community and a following to see if they take the bait, right? Are they into NFTs or not? I mean, more like they're coming to us and we're like, no oh kidding. God. I love it. Yeah. The, love and it. we're just like, Oof, I guess that's <laughs> That's love it. Awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, very honestly, you know, we're a company, we're a business. So like CNN, we just did a CNN drop today. Um, they, <laughs> They've know, been so in it for a while. They've been doing yeah. a lot of drops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They've done a bunch. We've done a couple with them now. And today it was like a Barack Obama getting uh, elected election night, you know, the call or whatever. And it sold out in like three minutes. That's awesome. It sold out in, like literally in three minutes. Um, it's smart though. I mean, these, these like uh, publications, they have these moments of time, right? And it's cool to digitize that and have someone be the collector of that moment. And whatever you value it at and other people value it at is what it's worth, right? So it's like, it's cool to see it all play out. Completely, completely. It's going to be really interesting where this goes in, in a year, you know? It could snowball. Uh, but- we might own every moment of time and just <laughs> parcel it off. <laughs> but then at a certain point none of them will be worth anything it's right minted you know that's the dollar <laughs> summed up for you <laughs> yeah hey can you uh get a video of like uh came out of the whatever it's called the baby room and i was in my my dad picked me up for the first time you know i want <laughs> i want i want that time stamped mint it that's my time <laughs> i mean your mom would pay a lot for that did you pay yeah. a lot for that? Of yeah. course you would. Yeah. It's like, all right, that's the first time I held my kid. Yeah, that's the first time my mom held me. <laughs> I can actually remember having digital frames that would rotate through like albums. Maybe when I was in high school at like, my mom's yeah. house, 
But that technology was so finicky, like couldn't get anything to work. It obviously was before Bluetooth. So like couldn't really like just airplay it over there. It was more like you had to use its own UI, which was shit always. And like half the SD cards didn't fit because every camera was different. Like I love the sleekness of like, it's, this is what it is. That's it. You just plug it into the wall. That's it. Yeah. I mean, the digital photo frames are uh, like, that is, there's many of those companies and, you know, they're not going away. It's, it's certainly, uh, it's again, it's kind of what I was describing earlier. It's a different way to think about how can I just experience this visual content, you know, outside of my phone. And uh, I interviewed so many of those users when I started this company and they would say the same things. They would say, I set it up and then it needed a firmware update and then it bricked itself because the firmware update failed. Yeah. I gifted it to my mom and my mom never could figure out how to connect it to her Wi-Fi, and it never set it up. Yeah. Or they would say, I put a piece of art on it that I loved and I never bothered to change it because I loved it. That's what I wanted to like, that's what I wanted in my room. I wanted that piece in my room. And then after a year of that piece being in my room, I was like, oh yeah, I could change it. And I forgot my password. So I haven't <laughs> been able to change it. Yeah. Accidental infinite bother. object. Exactly. I didn't bother <laughs> to recover my password because that's a pain in the ass. That user yeah. experience sucks. You know, like, and so removing all of that friction from the user experience side was one of the kind of core tenets of like what the design principles that we established very early on as like, we're not going to be that. We're not that. That's not what this product is about. This product's about content, yeah. right? Whether that content's art or, you know, a moment of your childhood, whatever it is, it's about that. So there was, there was content. Died. <laughs> your battery died the battery yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just so that you know the battery is only there for the unboxing moment it's not supposed oh, yeah. to be something that you put in your jacket and take around with you <laughs> just for that magical kind of like oh what is this i gotta quit I? carrying around this in my pocket then <laughs> yeah. i've been showing the mailman anyone that will look yeah. i was gonna say we don't really break that out too often we can't keep that thing uh it stays in my office in but safe spot I was wondering what's what's actually in the guts. Like, if you were to take this apart, what's inside of it? What could you do with it? Yeah, great question. It is so simple. It is. I'm going to describe to you every component inside. Uh, there is a obviously an LCD uh, display. Um, that's an IPS LCD, so it's got good viewing angles, good like 16.7 million colors. It's like a high quality LCD. Then behind that is the actual driver board. That driver board just has uh, the chip that controls the LCD that actually displays the content, that plays the content. Then there's memory, right? Memory, literally two gigabytes of RAM memory that is holding that locked content in it that we have permanently flashed onto the, that memory. And then, uh, and then just the battery <laughs> that is, again, for the unboxing moment only. And then the electronics to support the battery. That's it. That's it. There is nothing else. There's no operating system. It's not a, people are like, it's just a Raspberry Pi. It is not a Raspberry Pi. That is way more like complex <laughs> and expensive than what this requires. Um, and that kind of simplicity, I think is something really beautiful. Um, other people are like, oh, it's so simple. But like, yeah, that's the point. Right. The point is that it's so simple. 
Um, so yeah, that's, it's very bare bones in there. You can't do anything else than what it does with it. You can't, you couldn't like hack it to like, I don't know, connect to something. It won't, it doesn't. Right. Do I love that. I was wondering, so when you were talking about um, how big of a file you can put on there, two gigabytes, I didn't realize that, you know, you're just flashing it onto there. So it's like, it'll fit as much as you need, but you can't put anything else on it. You can't take that off. You can't do anything with it. Yep. And then it's permanently that that is actually physically flashed. Meaning, I'm sorry, physically locked is what yeah. I what I meant to say. Uh, so yeah, you you could you can try to hack it for sure. Um, you can hack anything, obviously, but uh, but then you're destroying the object. You yeah, know? you're destroying it. That's exactly the the point. Is that it's uh, it's a piece. Yeah. So. Yeah. I it kind of hit me like, yeah, it's an inf the object is infinite. It will be that object forever. I was going to ask, like, you're going to ask, what's the name? Well, thing? no, no, no. I was going to, what's, when did you know that that was the name that you, for the company? Or like, like, infinite objects was the name. At what point did you have the idea uh, and then executed on this? Or did it just kind of come naturally when you were developing the uh, kind of back end with it? This is a great question. Um, so there was a company uh, that I was uh, friends with. The, I mean, I'm friends with the founder. He's like an informal advisor over here. That, that company was called Electric Objects. Do you guys remember them? No. No. It was uh, essentially, you know, uh, a digital video frame, but for art, specifically for art. And they did a Kickstarter, I want to say in 20... 14 really early like oh man a long time ago they existed for a good you know maybe earlier maybe they you, you should look up electric objects um yeah. jake was the founder there and um brilliant brilliant guy and and he you know he called it electric objects and it definitely especially in new york city <sighs> made a bunch of waves especially in the kind of art scene and they, you know, this is obviously pre-NFT, well pre-NFT. Honestly, it's too bad because if they right. were still around, uh, they definitely would have integrated Web3 into the, because they had an app and you could subscribe to art collections and, wow. uh, and they would commission artists, you know, they, they were all about the community and um, yeah, so they closed their doors, I'm going to say 2016, 2017. And um, so objects already was in my brain, I think at that point, but honestly, Alex at Giphy had used infinite in a lot of different kind of ways because GIFs are infinite also, they loop infinitely, right? right. That word infinite definitely came out of some of the Giphy um, culture for sure. And, uh, and so, and objects, uh, yeah. So that's, that's definitely how it all, how that came together. That's and funny, just two sides right there, mesh right together. Yeah, as simple as the product itself, which is like, seriously, though, like not overthinking and having something that just seems to, you know, just do what you needed to do. And, and that's it. Like, like, yeah, you guys perfect. must not get any like customer complaints. Like what are they didn't charge? I don't know. Like what? Oh no, man. People love to complain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was being, being real optimistic there. Well, yeah. I'm looking at electric objects. 2017, I think, is when they when they went out. But over 181 million hours worth of art displayed. Yeah, I mean, because they yeah they shipped a bunch of units in the years that they were around. So they because they launched on Kickstarter, it was a 
solid Kickstarter. They, they made a lot and they were big. They, they were like, uh, I'm going to say 20, 20 something inches to diagonal. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're for your wall, obviously. And, and you're supposed to buy one and you subscribe to art and you're, you know, flipping through art. And it's, it was awesome because they, they were all about community. They did a great job with community. I think that is something I definitely learned from them is how important that is you know, how important community in general is and thinking about not just the creators, but also the collectors and, and both sides of that and what it means to kind of, you know, uh, celebrate something together and not just think about it as, as money or business, right? They yeah. did a great job of that. And someday so, I'm, picturing, I'm picturing Joe someday, someday you're resurrecting electric objects and they're now infinite electric objects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what ended up happening is actually Giphy acquired them. Oh. Acquired, so they were like part of the family. You okay. Know? Wow. And so if you acquired that company, uh, but they didn't keep making the displays or anything, they were just helping with support. And, and obviously there's a lot of Giphy content on them. You could search Giphy content and just have, you know, stickers or, you know, gifts and, and cause Giphy also does a great job with community and the arts. They have a Giphy arts community team, a whole team just focused on commissioning artists and, um I, they haven't done enough in the nft space though to be honest i should uh i should talk to them but um if but yeah they're smashing nfts yeah well now they're facebook right so yeah. they have uh, oh well i hope they don't <laughs> <laughs> you do see it though with like the old videos like the uh like oh the like the meme stars from the early days are yeah. like tokenizing their stuff it's smart yeah smart charlie bit my finger I mean, if you've been like ridiculed or like, you know, I mean, people have probably came up and bothered those people since they went viral on the internet. You know, it's like nice to get a little bit of kickback from the content you created on accident or did it on purpose, you know? Yeah, no, no. I think it's awesome how we're thinking, you know, it gets to the ridiculous, the tokenizing tweets project. Remember how much attention that got? Like, a, yeah, like a, I'm, yeah. I don't know about all that. I think it was it was eight 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 who landed the first good morning tweet. I think you saw that recently. The first <laughs> one? Yeah, it was some guy said like Merry Christmas, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> he made the tweet. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, crazy times. I uh I did notice that you guys were or had some sort of affiliation with the NFT now Christie's thing going on with um is that Basel? Basel? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I honestly, like, I just saw like a trailer for it from the NFT now. Did you guys, um, anything from that that you're in the know of or could talk about at all? Yeah. You know what? There's a lot of things. It's incredible. <laughs> like, this community does such a good job of just organizing at the last minute and just like making <laughs> it happen. Like, NFT NYC was like this. We were like, we want to be sponsoring stuff. Like, and, and we did. We ended up sponsoring it something every single night of that week. But literally these, these agreements and these kind of like plans were not solidified until the week before. <laughs> and same thing with Basel. Now I think we've got three different Basel partnerships going on. Um, I think maybe three or four, um, but all of them are happening. Like all of them are coming together right now. The NFT now one, I think was mentioned to me by, uh, by my, my COO just earlier today, but I don't, I don't know any of the details. A little bit embarrassed. It closed today. Probably. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw there were a lot of, there were, it was like um, some collectors, some other companies within the space that were all. And then Perrier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Perrier is part of it too. Yeah. A little, a little sparkling water. <laughs> it's hot yeah. in there. It's Miami. 
I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And, uh, and I can get some more info maybe before you guys publish this so that there's a link or something. Oh yeah, for sure. We'll link it. I think there is a link already. Cause I registered myself to get an invite today. <laughs> okay, great, great, great. Um, it's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm super pumped. To man. Melt your face off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then douse it in Perrier. Yep. It's cool down. It is funny how the plans all come together at the last second. You can watch it happen in real time on Twitter. And it's unbelievable. We have made zero plans for Miami so far, like other than that we're going because it all happens so fast. It's like you just go where the moment takes you. I feel like it'll be fun. It'll be fun. There's also all the token gated parties. I think there was, you know, so much uh, like, you know, there's something great about it in terms of like a use case, but also. You know, this kind of exclusivity, it should be about inclusivity, I feel like, especially yeah. right now. It's so early. Uh, we don't I get it. If you have a board eight and you want it to be just a board sure. eight party, and that's part of your utility, then <laughs> fine. No, but it, it does speak to like the inclusiveness to the space, right? Because it's uh, there's no, there, there's no, it doesn't seem to be real gatekeeping. Um, it, you know, if if you want to be in, in kind of, you know, work your way around and, and network on social media, whatever it might be, you know, you can do it um, if you want to take the time. But, uh, you know, from, like I said before, like comparing an industry to a community, it's like you start with a community and then you naturally have an industry. So um, yeah, man, it's, it's awesome to see what you guys have been able to do. And, and if you think about it on such a short timeline or lifespan so far um, and just how, you know, timing up, coming up with, you know, now with the NFT boom and kind of having some establishment there, um, uh, you know, starting 2018, 2019 and, and going from there, it's, um, you know, infinite objects to me will always be like part of my intro ish into NFTs. Uh, cause we just look back at the timestamp to when we got that, that was December of last year. So we're talking a calendar year. We got in this space last fall. Um, and you know, the people stuff and feels like four years. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. This space moves so quickly that that feels like four years ago. That's awesome. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. One of my favorite things at NFT NYC is that I would meet people and I'd be like, oh yeah, infinite objects. And they'd be like, I remember when I got my first infinite. Object. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I love hearing that. I love that. And uh, yeah, it, like, I think that's great. And, and we, you know, we've from the day one, it's just about how can we, you know, elevate content and how can we support creators? And I think that that is always going to be, you know, where our DNA comes from. And that's the most exciting NFT communities also are, are you know, thinking about it like that. So um, that's awesome to hear that, that yeah, you associate us with the beginning. We've like, we've, we've definitely been here. So it's it's a thing. Yeah, yeah I've been here. I don't know, man, you got anything else? It's been great, man. It's It, it was great to meet you. I um, I was actually looking forward to this. I thought this was honestly going to be one of the more interesting conversations we've had because, you know, it's a different side to all of this, but, but, but you break it down to the core. We're talking about art and artists and, and, and that's the bottom line. And that's what, you know, what is the driving force behind infinite objects. And, um, it's, uh, I'm I'm not surprised that the parallel is there. It, It may totally make sense. And, um, I mean, this is like right up our alley, man. This is, this has been great. Awesome. No, I love the conversation. I wish we could hang out in Miami, but I'm not going to. I'm sure there'll be one in Las Vegas and hopefully in Boston. (laughs) Think about it. Yeah, it's been a year. It's 
only been about a, a little over know, a year. It's only been a year. Exactly. <laughs> we'll have them everywhere. Yeah, we'll be getting old together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I appreciate cool. it, Joe. We'll have to when we do meet. We'll have to mint it and then put it on an infinite object. <laughs> Gotta happen. That's what we'll do. Cool, man. Awesome, guys. Yep. Thank you so much. Yep. yep. Until Haley, we said thanks too. Perfect. Perfect. Cool, man. Sweet. Peace, Joe. See you, man. Cheers. Damn, that's nifty. That's nifty. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. Before he fears, he leaked the plan. Exula worked on Iron Man. How cool is that? Mad Dog Jones, the dude so fine, he hand draws every single line. I sure as hell didn't know that. Fuck Render built a gallery to raise new artist popularity. What a guy. Much lag like a nomad, all his belongings in a single bag. All these things, can't you see? I learned all that's NFT. That's NFT. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's NFT. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's NFT. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. Damn, that's a nifty NFT.